Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. Last year, I had the opportunity to uh, day work um, just outside of Denver, and it, it was a great experience because I got to day work with a one of my best friends, Eric Hartso, and um, it was great to get out there. And I mean, we went we went down some mountains and up. And poor Ace had never seen anything taller than this right here. And we were going we were going up stuff and down stuff. And I didn't know Ace had asthma like I do, but he does. And um, we get the cattle back to the pens, and there was two little calves. There was two little calves that needed to be tagged. And we got back, and there was only four of us. And um, I was uh, the only one, mainly because I'm pretty lazy. Um, but whenever we got back to the pens, everybody got off and tied their horses up, and I stayed on my horse uh, because I'm just lazy like that. And I went in, and I was helping move cattle and everything. And they said, well, we need to run these calves up into the chute, but they're too little and everything like that. Well, shoot, my rope was right there, so I just shook out a little loop while everybody was discussing how they's going to get these little calves in this chute. And I just, whoop, there it went right on there and I dallied up and they were like oh he's got them and they went over there and they flanked them and everything and they were like man that's that's so cool we got a cowboy here to rope and there was some family of the ranch owners that was there and suddenly somebody said cowboy and all of these people come running and they line up at the deal like this to look at the cowboy well I won't lie you know I mean it was a pretty good shot you know but there was another calf You've got three guesses what happened next. <laughs> they took my rope off, and I shook out that loop just like, boy, I mean, I was hot. <laughs> Who else was hot was Ace after we chased that little calf 43,000 times around that pen, and I guarantee you I thought my arm was going to fall off from trying to rope this stupid calf. Now, the very first time... Nobody was watching, and I just, whoo, done. But when everybody come to watch the cowboy, uh-uh, it was not going to happen. You know, I figured out that I wasn't good enough to be called a cowboy the day that I thought I was good enough to be called a cowboy. Are you good enough to be called a cowboy in the kingdom of God? Because isn't that why we're here? I mean, isn't that the purpose? So that we can be part of something bigger than we are. So that we can, you know, you, you've heard the, the, the little uh, statements, you know, ride for the brand, ride for God's outfit, and, and um, uh, you know, His outfit, and everything like that. Are you tough enough to do that? Are you willing to do it? And what does it take to do it? How do you get to be the greatest cowboy in the kingdom of God. The first way you get to be one of the greatest cowboys in the kingdom of God is you have to realize that you can't be good enough. You will never, ever be good enough. You know, I was talking to George and Vonda. I mean, I, I cherish them so much and, and, it, and it really um, ticks me off that they had to move to Guatemala for me to get to know them. And so uh, they came over to the house Friday night, and, and we sat there for three hours and just talked. And 
the one thing that is parallel about a missionary and a preacher is that uh, George said, you know, people say, well, I'm not good enough to be a missionary. George is like, we're not either. We're just do it. And you know what? I'm not good enough to be a preacher. I'm not good enough to stand up here in front of all of you and do it. I just got tired of God poking me in the side of the face going, get up there, get up there, get up there, get up there. So I was like, fine. I'm not good enough to do it. None of us are good enough. We don't deserve, just like George said, if God never did anything else in your life besides send His Son to die for you, it was more than you deserve. It's more than I deserve. And we can't do anything to pay that back. You want to be the greatest cowboy in the kingdom of God, the first thing that you have to do is realize that you're not worth it and you'll never be worth it. But God loves us anyway. You must be okay. The second thing in that is uh, you got to be okay with not knowing what you're doing. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Your preacher doesn't know what he's doing half the time. Okay? I'm just letting you know, if you think that George knows what he's doing, you're full of it. He does not know what he's doing pretty much on a day-to-day. He gets up in the morning and he goes, God, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm just going to go. And it ain't no different for preaching. Half the time I'm like, God, I, you, I still don't know what I'm preaching about on Sunday. And he's like, oh, don't worry about it, I'll give it to you. I'm like, could you not wait till an hour before... And sometimes it's like that, but He wants us to depend on Him. In Psalm 119, 105, it says this, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Now let me ask you, everybody's seen a kerosene lantern, right? With the little flame and everything like that? If it's a pitch dark night, and you have one of those lit, honestly, really well, how far do you think that light is going to shine? It's not going to shine that far going to shine out there maybe 10 or 12 feet that you could really see well. Well, you know what? That's a re- there's a reason for that. God's not going to show you the destination. He's just going to show you to go from here to there. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. People say, well, I don't know how to do that. None of us do. Not a stinking one of us know what we're doing. And if you ever hear a preacher or somebody else say, oh yeah, I've got it all figured out, go the other way because they're lying. Ain't none of us got everything figured out. And ain't none of us good enough to do what we've been called to do. I hear people all the time, I do that, but you know, I'm not I'm not good enough. Heard it yesterday. Well, I ain't good enough to do that. Well, of course you're not. None of us are. How do you be the greatest cowboy in the kingdom of God? You must be fine with making an eternal difference in someone's life. You want to be a great cowboy in the kingdom of God, you must be willing to make a difference in somebody's life. Your own. I asked George, I said, George, I've never been to Guatemala or anything like that, but let me ask you, of all the sharing of God's Word and training up these boys, you know, uh, he doesn't really get into it, but, uh, or he didn't say a whole lot about it up here, but most of these uh, kids the dads just, you know, the women get pregnant, the dad, you know, they may have two or three kids, and the dad just runs off, and now the mom has to feed, 
and, and all of this stuff. And it, it's, a, it's a generational sin. That's just the way it is. I mean, there's dads just going from one person to the next, so they're training up boys to be godly men. And uh, I asked him, I said, when you're talking to these boys, George, I said, who's getting the most out of it? And he goes, oh, me by far. He said, I see God's love more through them. I receive more than I can ever give. And you know what? That's the way God is. No matter how much you give, you'll always get more when you give unconditionally. Now, if you're trying to give so that you can get something back, it ain't going to work. Okay, But when you just give for the sake of giving your time and sharing the gospel with people, and how do we do that? Just by loving on people. Just love on them. How are you doing? You okay? And it may go further than that, and it might not. Maybe that's all they need is to show God's love. But you must be fine with making an eternal difference in someone's life, mainly your own. How do you be the greatest cowboy in the kingdom of God? The first way is you can't be good enough. So don't use that as an excuse. That is no excuse. The second thing, how do you be the greatest cowboy in the kingdom of God? You must be a cowboy. Let me explain. In John chapter 21, 15 through 17, I just want you, I'm going to set the stage for just a second. Jesus has died, okay? Right before he was killed on the cross, he told one of his best friends, a fellow named Pete, he told Pete, he said, before the day, before the sun rises, you're going to deny me three times. And Pete said, I'd rather die than deny you. And sure enough, Peter denied knowing Jesus three times. Now Jesus dies. Can you imagine what Peter felt like? He was in anguish. Well, they're out fishing one day. Now they had already seen Jesus once, but they're out fishing. And they look on the bank, and Jesus is over there on the bank. And John hollers out, he's like, it's the Lord! And Peter, he's in his little, he's like in his, in his biblical speedo. It says he's in his underclothes. Peter don't even put his jacket on. He jumps out of the boat into the water, swims to shore just to be with Jesus. That's the second time he jumped out of a boat to go see Jesus. First time he walked on water. This time he swam to shore. But he gets there, and Jesus is cooking on breakfast. <laughs> Imagine that. Who in the world would have thought that the guy that spoke the world into existence, he was the Word of God, he is the Word of God, was cooking his best friend's breakfast. Hey guys, how you doing? This is the, Peter knows that he denied Jesus three times. And Jesus asks Peter three questions. John 21, 15 through 17. After breakfast, Jesus asked Peter, Peter, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. This is what Jesus said. Then feed my lambs. Jesus repeated the question, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus replied. A third time, Jesus asked him, Peter, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus had asked the question a third time, and he said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, then feed my sheep. 
Do you love Jesus? Do you love Him? The answer to that question is eternal. The answer to that question is eternal. How you answer that. And if you answer yes, then Jesus is telling you the same thing that He told Peter. Be a cowboy. What is a cowboy? The term doesn't describe who he is or what he does, but rather it illustrates the job of taking care of the stock. Isn't that what a cowboy does? Isn't it a servant to the stock? Don't, don't cowboys go and check the water to make sure that everything's doing all right? Don't cowboys make sure that there's enough feed and, you know, I mean, you might have to move them to a different pasture or if it's snowing and the snow's covered the grass, you've got to go out there and feed? Don't cowboys doctor the sick, care for the sick and injured or hurting or whatever the case may be? Shelters from the storm. I mean, I've seen, I've seen some cowboys, man, that you look outside and it's snowing sideways and you know that they're out there. Think of the Atlas Blizzard in South Dakota. There was many a cowboy that lost everything because they didn't get their stock to shelter in time. They would have if they would have known, and some of them did. But they, they, wasn't on, they were still on summer pasture, not winter pasture. Lost everything. What is a cowboy? 1 Peter 5.2 says this. This is Peter talking. Care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly. Not for what you will get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God. Let me read that again. Care for the flock that God has entrusted you to. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly. Not for what you will get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God. A cowboy cannot be unwilling or self-seeking. Do you love Jesus? Then do something about it. Spread the word. Do something. Does everybody else... I just want you to know that there is an invention out there that not too many people know about. It's called ranch-style beans. Ranch-style beans comes in a little black can. There's not anything that is unassuming, but you can put ranch-style beans with a horse turd and it will taste good. Ranch-style beans is one of the greatest cowboy inventions. You don't have to have a microwave. You don't have to have a pot. You just have to have a hammer to open it up, and you can. Eat. they taste just as good cold as they do warm. And I promise you, if you will, gra if you will brown some hamburger meat and put ranch-style beans in there and mix it up and get you a flour tortilla, oh. Amen, let's go home. Somebody go get the beans. I'll get the meat. We'll meet in the middle. I'm telling you. I remember one time I was living out at the ranch, and this was long before uh, Christy and the kids. And um, I was living in a little camper all by myself. I had this little recliner. It was pretty cool. And so my dad lived in the big house across the street. And I called him one day, and I was like, hey, what are you doing? He's like, nothing. What are you doing? I said, oh, you got any ranch-style beans? <laughs> he kind of giggled, and he said, you going to make some burritos? I said, you bet you I am. He said, yeah, I got some ranch-style beans. I said, well, hang on. I'll be over there to get them. He said, no, nah, I was fixing to go check some water, so I'll bring them over to you. I said, no, nah, I'll come get them. He's like, I'm fixing to walk out the door. I'll bring them to you. I was like, just set them on the, set them on the porch. Phone hung up. I sat there. 
a little nervous. I'll tell you why. Dad come walking in the house. He opens up the camper door and he comes walking in. And he sets a can of ranch-style beans down there. And I'm like, well, have a seat, you know. Or do you, if you need to go, go ahead. Kind of looked at me strange. He said, you ain't started cooking your meat yet? And I said, ah, not yet. Not yet. He said, you don't even have the pan out. I said, well, I'll get it out in a minute. I'm just getting ready. He walks over there and he opens the refrigerator up. He looks in it and he looks at me and he opens up the little, you know, had a freezer about this big. He opens the freezer up and he goes, where's your meat, son? I said, well, is there not any in there? He said, you know damn well there's not any in there. He said, he shut the freezer and he shut the refrigerator and he walked over there and he opened up the cabinet. He said, you ain't got no food, do you, boy? I said, no, sir. Sure don't. He said, why the hell didn't you ask me? Why didn't you tell me? He said, you were just going to eat some ranch-style beans? And I said, yes, sir, it's all I need. He said, boy, do you listen to me, and you listen to me hard. He said, as long as my heart is beating, you will never, never, never go without food. And you stick that pride in your back pocket, boy, and you come over and you get something to eat. And I had tears rolling down my eyes because of my stupid pride. Because I was unwilling to ask. How do you get to be the greatest cowboy in the kingdom of God? You've got to be able to ask. Every one of you is hungry. That is why you are here. You might not have known it. You might have come with a family member or something, and you're sitting there thinking, how long is this going to go on? But you know what? If you'll open up your ears and listen, God is not just talking to the guy next to you or the woman behind you. He's talking to you. The only way to be fed is to do the feeding. You remember when Jesus said, Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. You've got to be willing to ask. Give us this day our daily bread. And it's a continuation. George told us a story that these people invited him over to the house. And he walks in and he sits down and the people are just talking back and forth, back and forth, back and forth and everything. And the kids are kind of hanging around the doorway, which usually they're out running around and you know doing whatever they do in Guatemala and everything. But, but for some reason, the kids hung around. And so George was like, you know, What's going on? How are y'all doing? Oh, and everything was great. Everything was great. And I hope I don't butcher the story. But anyway, he gets to talking to him. Is everything okay? Oh, yeah, everything is good. Everything is good. And, you know, is everybody feeling okay? Oh, yeah, everybody's feeling okay. But there was just a sense of something in the room. And finally, George looked at him and he said, Do you have enough to eat? And there was dead silence. George, how many was in that family? Eight. Eight people. And he looks and he goes, do you have anything to eat? And the woman pulls out and she goes, yes. 
And she holds up this little bag that has some vegetables that a store was going to throw away. And that little handful of vegetables is what eight people were going to eat that night. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit spoke to George, and George looked up, and he could see the children saying, ask us what we have for supper. George gathered all of them up and he went and bought them two weeks worth of groceries so that eight people could eat. Find out the needs of others. Sometimes all you have to do is ask. You have to be willing to ask. George knew then what question to ask. Do you have enough to eat? Are you okay? You have to ask. You want to be a great cowboy in the kingdom of God? Number one, you got to be asked to be fed from God. And number two, care about others enough to ask with sincerity. You have to be able to ask. Matthew chapter 9, 35 through 38. Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And He healed every kind of disease and illness. When He saw the crowds, He had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Remember that being a cowboy I talked about? He said to His disciples, The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord of the gathering and ask Him to send more cowboys into the field. Are you tough enough? You looking for your purpose? You don't know what you want to do with your life? Giving you the answer. Remember that song, I like big butts and I cannot lie? That's cowboy's favorite song, by the way, especially when you're riding drag. I like big butts and I cannot lie. That's a continuation from last week about the derriere deal. You know, <laughs> not really. The big butt. So maybe you agree with all of this, that, you know, that we, that we need to, to be a great cowboy, that we need to have to learn to ask, and that, that know that we're, we're not good enough. We'll never be good enough, but we've got to do it anyway. But what if God is not asking you to leave everything behind? That's what George and Vonda did. They sold everything they had except their kids. I thought you didn't sell any of your kids, did you? No, you took them all. That's good. Maybe God's not asking you to sell everything you have and move to Guatemala. That's okay. But maybe God is not asking you to love on those that nobody else can love on. That's okay. It, 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 seriously, it's okay. But maybe God is not asking you to ride the draws and the headers while you're hungry and looking for mavericks. That's okay. It, it really is. It's no big deal. If God is not asking you to do all of this, he's not, maybe He's not asking you to preach. Maybe He's not asking you to be a missionary. You're like, He may be talking to that person over there, but He ain't talking about that to me. Okay? I understand. That's okay. How do you be the greatest cowboy in the kingdom of God? You are either called to spread the Word of God or be the person that supports them. You have no other choice. 
You either get out there and actively spread the Word of God, become a missionary, if you will, and the missionary can be right here in Kiowa. It doesn't have to be in Guatemala. You be a missionary and you make it your life's purpose to spread the Word of God, to make disciples of all men in all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that Jesus commanded. You either do that or you support those that do. Pick. Choose this day which one you want to be. You've got two options. You've got a choice. And if it's not the first, if God is calling you to support them, how do you do it? You support them through your prayers and your money. I'm just telling you flat out. George and Vonda depend on God to provide everything that they need. And you know who God does that through? You! No ifs, no ands, no buts. I don't care about your stupid excuses or nothing like that. I don't make enough. I've got too much of this, not enough of that. I don't care. I really don't. The only amount that will not make a difference is the one that is not generous. Hey, listen up. I know God was really talking to you today. If you'd like to hear the whole story, Get online and get it at www.savethecowboy.com. There you will find all you need to get where Jesus wants you to be, no matter how long or little you've been riding with Him. You ought to know by now that I ain't going to jerk your leg. Okay, (laughs) maybe just a little bit. But this one ain't no story. This here's the truth. We need you to saddle up with us and keep this gospel being spread to cowboys and cowgirls like you. I'm asking you to go to savethecowboy.com and make a donation to help us out. This program was brought to you in part by my good friends Jim and Kelly Gerald of Integrity Auto Repair and Rod and Brenda Denning of Tumbleweed Hay and Holly, both from Kiowa, Colorado. 